Good morning and welcome to Pennsylvania and the Kingdom Leadership Equipping Facebook group. And I am Sean Smith, your host. Today is Teaching Tuesday. Yesterday was Mentoring Monday. Today is Teaching Tuesday. And so just in the light of something that uh, we are doing next month, which is an a, a apostolic encampment, I thought it would be good to actually do a teaching on, and it's definitely not going to be comprehensive. I'm not going to be able to cover everything, but I thought I would cover some of the main points because there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to apostolic leadership, what it is, what it's not. And uh, I've tended over the, <laughs> over the years to offend some people because when they think they're apostles and, uh, and they're not, uh, then, you know, it uh, upsets the apple cart a little bit when, when you try and correct the thing with them. So I thought, you know, I'm going to teach it anyway and just bring it to you. Normally I do it in a small group with people that are open to teaching, open to uh, understanding, open to learning. But I thought today I would just bring a, you know, bring it across on a wider field to the whole group. Great to have you with me. Uh, Shay, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good to see you. Uh, well, see you. <laughs> see you on <laughs> Good to have you with me all the way from UK. Um, all right. So, yes. Yeah, so, understanding apostolic leadership. And I'm going to pop over to my notes here because this is probably one of the, the most, mis in fact, all the gifts are misunderstood. So, um, I, I think there is so much religion woven into it, so many concepts of men, so many traditions and forms that have in rules and regulations that have entered the the giftings that that it just it be, has become absolutely crazy on what it stands for, the effectiveness of those gifts, etc. Now let's understand something first off is that Ephesians chapter four verse eleven talks about that, uh, well, in fact, let's go there. Let me go to my Bible, um, and um, and then we can we can read it straight off there. Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven, and it says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. So those gifts, that gift, he says that he gave some, and if you back it up a little bit, he says he gave gifts to men. That word gifts there is doma, D-O-M-A, doma, to make a gift, to be a gift. So he makes certain people to be gifts, to be a gift to the body of Christ, all right, for a specific reason. This is not for ministry, as we understand ministry, but this is for one ministry, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If apostles or prophets or evangelists, pastors or teachers, if any of them are not equipping, equipping is the Greek word kata, K-A-T-A, tismos, which means to repair. Kata is intensive. Tismos means to repair and prepare. If, if, if these gifts, these Doma gifts that have been given to the body are not uh, repairing and preparing the saints for works of ministry. In other words, if they're not working 
using, applying their gift within the body of Christ to equip the saints, the, the church or the saints or the body of Christ does not mature. It does not grow up. It does not become what it's supposed to be. So we need to understand is that those gifts are absolutely critical for equipping, nothing else equipping. And uh, <laughs> so from, from what is going on here? I'm clicking on all the wrong buttons here. Okay. So, so um, the equipping is the effectiveness and the functionality of these gifts. You, you minister as a believer. When you go outside of the body of Christ, you're a believer. You're operating in believer's authority. Not in apostolic authority, okay, or prophetic authority. Those gifts, Doma, I'm speaking specifically Doma gifts now, are for the equipping of the saints. For nothing else, equipping of the saints, okay? You understand? So they work to equip the saints for work of ministry. Now that sort of functions out of there a little bit. But let's have a look a little closer at what the apostolic is not. Apostles are not over churches. Apostles don't gather a whole bunch of churches under them. And now they preside over churches. They don't have that kind of authority. I love what a, 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 one, one um, guy taught is that those are pastors of pastors. What they're doing is pastoring pastors. That's really what it is. So they're just a bigger capacity pastor pastoring other pastors. They, it, that's not the apostolic. One day I preached in a church <laughs> and I preached that um, I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, they asked me to come and teach on, uh, on the apostolic. So I, God gave me a word which was true and false apostolic. And so I spoke about um, true apostolic. And at the end I said, if a pastor plants his own little church, sets up his own little thing, then takes his brother-in-law and plants another church somewhere else, that doesn't make the, you cannot change his name on his door to call himself an apostle, you know, and unfortunately the pastor had done that. So needless to say, <laughs> I wasn't welcome anymore um, because, you know, he, he was now seeing himself as some authoritative figure with two churches under him. Therefore, he is now an apostle, you know, wrong, 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 dysfunctional, doesn't work, not the order of God. So, Apostles are not over churches. Do you, if you go read the book of Acts, Paul never planted one church. Go and look. In fact, what he did was he connected with people, influenced them, ministered into their life. And what happened was they planted in their home or wherever they planted the church. <laughs> so, so just something to think about. You can go read it and study it out for yourself. The other thing is apostles are not gatherers of sons. That's empire thinking. You know, I've got sons here, sons there, sons everywhere. That, you know, apostles don't have, are not son gatherers. Apostles direct people to, to, um, to the Father as sons of God. That is really what they do. They redirect everybody. They defer, if that's the right word. They defer all everybody to their Heavenly Father. 
That's what real apostles will do. They'll never, ever possess anybody. When Paul talks about my son, whenever he talks, he uses that word. The word there is technon, and it's dear beloved ones. John uses the same word, etc., um, etc. Et it means it's, it's a term of endearment that he would use to express to the people of God that he worked with. You understand? But he never claimed anybody as ownership. There's no ownership that's empirical thinking immediately. It sets you up over others. Is like I am. And now I had a spiritual father. I called him a spiritual father. We journeyed together as a spiritual father. But he never postured himself over me. That was the beautiful thing. That was one lesson he taught me. Not by what he not by what he taught, but by how he was. I never felt less than him. I would sometimes posture myself in in um, in honoring him. I would posture myself in respect to him and give him the 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 first place. I never tried to usurp him, never tried to, you know, show how great I am in you know over him or whatever the story is, even though he would always referred to me as the T, you know, in teaching, he would allow me to teach because that wasn't his gift, but he never postured himself over me. And that was beautiful. It was, you know, it was, it was just amazing because I never experienced that from others. Others always made me feel less spiritual. He never did. He always made me feel more acclaimed, you know, more, more spiritual, more, more, he's empowered me is the right word. He always empowered me to be a son of God, to be the gift that God called me to be. It was awesome. It was really, really powerful to walk with him. So uh, apostles are not over churches, are not gatherers of sons, and they're not a hierarchical position. We've got this idea in the church now is that apostles are this you know, nearly like a Pope kind of archbishop kind of thing, is they over everything, you know, hierarchical, the boss, the Lord, the, the king, the, you know, the dictator. It's, it, there's no kingship to this. Um, the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, it says, first apostle, secondarily prophets, that is not a progression of hierarchy. That is a progression of priority. And we'll bring that out now, now, is that um, we need to understand is that the apostle is the first to go in to actually lay the foundation. Many buildings are being built without the, the right foundation in their life and in, in structure, in, in building, planting churches, developing ministries, etc. The apostolic comes first. Then prophets, then. not because they are greater than or because they are over everything. It's because of the order of priority, because of their gifting and their function. What they do puts them in priority first. You understand? It's not, not because they, not by rank, not by superiority, not by hierarchy, but because they, their function because their gifting 
And because of, of what comes out of them is to, to lay the foundation and set it first. Now, that's why pastors of pastors can't do that. Pastors of pastors will be nice. They'll always nurture. They will always care for everybody. But they won't be building. They won't be laying the right uh, blueprint for the future. We'll get there. I'm a bit ahead of myself. So that's what... Um, that's what they actually do. Hi, Regina. Good to have you with me. Um, so that's what apostles are not. Okay, they are not. Uh, they are not hierarchical. They they they're not pastors. Definitely not pastors. And they don't um, gather or possess people as their own. They are not. There's no ownership to anybody. Always bothered me. Always bothered me. It's like you've got to be owned by somebody, you know, if you're not of, and this is something that, that Paul addresses in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let me read this quickly. Um, exactly. It's it's just simple building a house. We, we need to get it, and I'm going to get some more to that. Um, yeah, absolutely, Shane, because you come out of, uh, it's, you, you understand more of this, but that's good. <laughs> so, uh, hey, Nick, good to have you with me. All right. So, um, Paul says this. Listen, in, in, uh, well, I'm in 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And um, he, he talks like this and he says, When one says, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not mere or natural men? In other words, you know, you're just carnal. You're just like every other person out there who's not part of the body of Christ, because you are you you're creating these divisions. And he talks about you, you're men of the flesh. You're still carnal. You're babies in Christ. You, you 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 just you're not getting it, you know. And he says, "What then is Apollos, and what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave up gave opportunity to each one." They're just servants. You know, if we can just get this in our mentality, in our mindsets, Doma gifts are not super spirituals. They're not better than, superior to anybody else. They're just a gift given for a task within the body of Christ and, and uh, are just servants through whom you believe, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. So the opportunity is, is that as you or I are in a situation and people believe because of what we do or they develop because of what we do. That's just because the Lord has given the opportunity, not because we some fantastic people. That That is the, 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 the bottom line of it. He says, verse 6, I planted Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. God was causing the growth. No, no, there's no super, super duper in this. It's like... We've got this super mentality in the church is this hierarchical, it's still papal, it's still Rome. And we need to, we need to, you know, one guy one day met, met with me and he says, you have got no mandate, you've got no right, you've got no authority. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, you cannot come in here and take over the church. And I said, let me help you with something. There's nothing in that church that I want. <laughs> nothing. There's no title, there's no position, there's no, there's no money, there's nothing that I want, nothing. I said, but you know what your problem is? And he says, what's my problem? I said, you think like this. You think you have to attain some pinnacle, some um, empirical king, kingship 
place above and over everything. You think you have to position yourself over people and over churches. You cannot do it. I said, you know, the thing about it is kingdom is this. Kingdom is like this. There's no super spirituals anywhere. There is uh, respect for one another. There's honor for one another. And governments lay within eldership, not in gifting. Okay, so I've said it. There we go. Now, let's have a look. Let's go back to the notes here a little bit. Are you still with me? Are you still happy? I mean, you know, the, the, <laughs> the beauty of... of um, of internet is you can leave anytime and nobody will know. <laughs> so um, if you don't like it, well, you can just leave and nobody will know. All right, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about what apostolic. We're already into it, but apostles, the apostolic leadership, the apostolic gift has authority. Second Corinthians chapter ten verse eight says, "For though I should boast somewhat more." <clears throat> excuse me, of our authority, which the Lord has, I'm reading slowly because this is copied off Esau and it's got all the, <laughs> it's got all the, the, um, the little codes for the Strong's Concordance. So bear with me. It's not that I can't read. Okay. So uh, let me read it out of here. It's much better. Second uh, Corinthians 10 verse eight. All right. It says this, uh, Second Corinthians, not one Corinthians. It's also good, you know. One Corinthians, <laughs> it's also good. Okay, so so ten. What did I say? Ten verse eight. Okay, for even if I should boast somewhat further about our authority, which the Lord gave for building you up and not for destroying you, I shall not be put to shame. So, the authority apostles have because it's equipping. They build up. They don't tear down. They don't destroy. It's not demolition services. And there's, you know, there's this, this other extreme of the apostolic that thinks they have to break everybody. I mean, my encounter in 2003 with while we were um, in our ministry was uh, an apostle, so-called apostle that I trusted and I respected and I opened up the the uh, the church to him because I, I I didn't know much about the apostolic at that point in time and I thought he would come and build and repair and he would come and set things in order. What he did was he sat with me and he said, "You need to you need to close everything," um, and that came on the on the back of if if I send everybody to you, the money will go. And then he he, he spoke to his um, deacon and he said to the deacon. Um, he needs to shut everything down and come and uh, and uh, sit at my feet and learn from me. And, uh, you know, at that point in time, I knew something is not going to go well here. And then he began to dismantle everything around me and destroyed the church over the next two, three months. Just destroyed everything. And so we were left with nothing. And so, you know... After getting over the grief, the the the, um, <laughs> the 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 pain, the disappointment, the hurt, the woundedness, the you know all of that, and it took a while because nobody nobody could help me, you know, not emotionally. Nobody knew how to help me in leadership. 
And, and that's why I'm so focused on helping leaders recover, get out of, you know, move on, get unstuck, get back to where they are, helping them establish and affirm themselves. I'm big on that. That's my passion now. Because out of that whole dark, dark period that I went through, um, I had to rediscover what is the purpose. But the whole thing about it was I also discovered, I studied and I looked at the spirit of what this gift is about. I'm going, that is not the way it's done. This demolition derby kind of thing is just go run through. And if you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm going to demolish you. Well, that doesn't work like that. It just doesn't work like that. And so, uh, you know, there, there needs to be some kind of balance in this thing. And that's what, what I'm for. I meet these people all the time. That's, a, you know, ap apostolic conferences. And it's all about who can shout the loudest, preach the most, you know, as some super, super duper revelation or other, um, somebody who's got more churches under them than anybody else and or, or more sons under them than anybody else. This is, you know, I've got a Greek word for that. It's called, it's just rubbish. Okay. This stuff is not godly. It's not of God at all. So, um, hey, Mark, good to have you with me, buddy. So we need to get this thing clarified and we need to understand what this is. So over the over 10 years, God began to deal with me and I began to study out the scriptures and understand not just what, what it says, but what is the spirit of it? Because we need to understand what is the spirit of it. And as I met these apostolic people, I began to see there was so much dysfunctionality in this whole affair that that we I can now we can understand why there's no order in the church and why there's no why the church is not impacting the way it should because everything is out of order you know is like we we've not got the rank of we not the rank we haven't got the priority of apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers coming in and and setting the right order within the house it's not happening so um we need to understand is is apostles have authority but it's not to destruction Okay, the word authority there is exousia. Exousia um, in the Strong's says it's uh, uh, co capacity or competency or freedom or mastery. Um, it means delegated influence. In other words, it comes from heaven and it, it's influence to influence. So I love what, what uh, was being taught in Jubilee um, <laughs> in England, Maidstone, England, was that apostolic authority comes with blessing first, influence second, and then governments. You don't arrive and just, you know, and, and institute governments. That, I've just had a situation where that thing got all upside down and it was, ended up a mess. So it doesn't work. It doesn't work. We've got to, we've got to operate in the delegated influence God gives us. So it talks about authority or it could be the right, the right to exercise might. So authority, jurisdiction, liberty, powers, right, strength. And that is given, not taken. You cannot impose authority in a situation. You can, you receive authority. It's given to you. It's given by the government of the church, which the governments of the church, which is the eldership. The eldership are the governing authority within the local church. And they are the ones that, that give you the right as a gift to come in and begin to work on the foundations, but only as they allow it. Not You don't just come in. I mean, that guy came into to our church in Cape Town and just destroyed everything. He ripped up all 
I mean, the foundations were wrong. I understand that. But, you know, he didn't come in as a loving father, which is, of course, the next point. He came in as, um, he just came in as a, as a jolly con uh, demolisher. He just demolished everything, destroyed everything. And, and, you know, if he had sat with me and said, and worked with me, I would have, you know, I would have done anything to work with him to to establish the right order in the house. But because he came in demolishing everything, it left me just like totally suicidal. I mean, I was just, I was just absolutely suicidal. I, I because because I put, you know, because I trusted, and all the people I trusted then departed, or everybody left. So you just anyway, that's just a long story. So. Apostles have authority. Let's move on. They are ministers by which you believe. We've, we've covered that already. Um, they are not super, super duper, um, you know, like superheroes. They're not hierarchical. They're not the bosses. They're not the mafioso. Uh, that's not what apostles are. In fact, Paul says we are known yet unknown in Corinthians. Two words. The one is intimate. We are known intimately. So in their relationships, in his relationships as a team, they were known intimately. But he says in publicly, we are obscure. Unknown is the word obscure. They're not there to shine and, and be the, the, the be all and end all of everybody's life. And, you know, it's the source of everything. They're just not like that. They work foundationally. They work on the foundations, both in people and in the structure, and specifically in people. They're building the building of people. You know, the church is not the building. The church is not the meeting. The church is not the institution. The church is the people. And so apostles are, are really focused. The gifting, you understand, the gifting of apostle is focused on really building people up, building up people to release them into their full uh, potential, into their full gifting, into their, their full, the full potential of what God's called them to, their full assignment. That's what apostles are constantly looking for that. Apostles will work with one as much as they will work with a crowd. They, they prepare to work with the one. Mentoring is big on apostles' hearts, big, big, and there's a reason for that. So, let me say this, as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, there are no two apostles that are the same. I've planted apostles, water, uh, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planted anything, neither he that watereth, but it's God that gives the increase. And so you'll have the waterers, you'll have the planters, but they're all... Basically, foundational guys, they're all or girls, they're all foundational, they all work with the foundations, they are not involved in trying to build empires, just not involved in that. So, uh, and we, you know, you cannot say, Well, this one is and this one isn't. The other thing is, you know, I went to a pastor's conference one day, and um, the, the, the speaker got up and he said, Well. Uh, if you call yourself an apostle, then you're not. I said, well, but you see, because of that, that mindset, that paradigm we have is that this hierarchical thing, you know, so what we've got to do is we've got to, we've got to uh, discredit that whole gifting and, and, and limit it as much as possible so that it doesn't um, 
impact on us. But, uh, you know, I was there and there was, must have been 70 pastors and they all given me their cards and on all their business cards was written pastor. And I was going, okay, so if you're an apostle, you can't call yourself, you're not. If you call yourself an apostle, you're not. But if you call yourself a pastor, you are. Huh? How does that work? You know, is like, so if you call yourself an evangelist, you are. You know, that doesn't work. This is all out of order, man. This is like, you know, and simply because the mindset, the paradigm is hierarchical. This thing is up here and we are the plebs at the bottom. It doesn't work like that. People are so scared of having somebody over them, um, and yet they want to be over others. Uh, how does that work, you know? So they want to be over people, um, and they won't allow, but they won't They won't allow anybody over them. So as soon as you say, well, you know, mine is an apostolic gift, then they go, whoa, wait a minute, you can't be, because they're thinking you're coming in to take over, you, you know, that they've somehow got to submit to you. It's just like, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy stuff. You know, as much as I need the teacher, the pastor, the evangelist, the prophet in my life, or the apostle in my life, it, it, the same goes for all of them. That we all need each other's gifting. We do. They're all involved in bringing, equipping katatismos to the body of Christ. That's it. For maturity. The whole objective has got to be maturity. So... Um, hey, Hank, good to see you. John, great to have you with us. Yes, discipleship, Shay, absolutely. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it, man. Um, so, so yeah, we, we've, got to, we've got to have that, that, the right heart in the whole thing. It's just like we need each other, you know, but we've got this crazy idea that it's, you know, who's who in the zoo? Who can have, you know, the greatest place? It just is, is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So, apostles, next point, bring the heart of the Father. That's what we've got to understand. Is like Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Let me go into this Bible because uh, I'd sound like I can read at least. 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 11, it says, Just, just as you know, uh, got a message come from somewhere. All right. So, just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you. As a father would his own children, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Hallelujah. So, he says, we were exhorting, encouraging, and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children. Now, you understand, when he says we were, he was talking about the, that whole team that went with him, traveled from place to place, and they ministered into the different situations, is that he says, you know, we were exhorting, encouraging, and imploring each one of you as a father with his own children. Let me say this, is that the apostolic fathers bring a fathering heart. Now, whether you are male or female, you bring a fathering heart into the, the, the heart of the father into every situation. There's always going to be um, exhorting, encouraging, and imploring. There's always going to be this focus on reflecting and representing the heart of the Father, not power, not gifting, not super, super duper hierarchical positional. It's always going to be reflecting 
and representing the heart of the Father, just like Jesus did. And so we all need to do that in a measure. But the apostolic gift, apostolic leadership brings that in and actually, uh, you know, infuses that into the foundation. That's part of the foundational work that apostles do. They carry a mantle. Two things apostolic gifts carry. One is a, a, um, the DNA of a father. You understand? So I'm talking about spiritually now. So within, within meshed, infused into their gifting is the fact that they will always be father. If I see a man or a woman destroying things or, or trying to um, up, be uppity on everybody else and be greater than everybody else, I say, something's wrong here. Something is dysfunctional. Something is missing. Because... The one thing is that a father will always want his children to go ahead of him. Will always want, will always be setting a platform higher than himself for them to go greater than himself. Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do also, and greater works than these will you do because I go to the father. What he was doing is he was deferring them back to the father and saying, as sons, you're going to do greater work. He was laying the platform for them to do greater works. What a secure leader. How many leaders do you find today actually are working hard at diminishing themselves to, in fact, you know, they've got a succession uh, strategy on exit already. When they enter, they're already exiting because they want to develop and see the sons of God fulfilling the potential and the gifts of God. Will it be messy? Yes, every family is messy. Your kids... Don't get it always right. And you stand back and you're there. You're not imposing. You're not saying, well, I'm going to take over your family. You can't do that. What you do is you stand back and you say, I'm here. And you support and you encourage and you exhort and, and whatever else he said. Exhort, encourage, and implore. So at times you just go and implore. You don't impose. You implore. There's a difference. You understand? There's a difference between imposing who you are and your gifting and I'm the boss here. I'm the mafioso. I'm the apostle. You better listen to me. You know, this is, this is trash. I'm telling you, this is so dysfunctional. We need to stop this kind of spirit. You know, is we've got to stop this stuff. Really. This really freaks me out. Anyway. So... Um, as a father with his own children, that's what apostles do. They bring in that heart of the father, heart of the father, heart of the father. But the other side of, of that, the other side of that gifting is now the, um, the part of the DNA is father. All right. So they come and they bring the heart of the father. Paul also said this. He said, you may have 10,000 instructors, yet you have not many fathers. The word father is pater. Pater is two things, mentor and model. <laughs> mentor and model. A, 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 an apostolic heart will always be mentoring. Always. Always be raising and releasing. Always be empowering. In fact, what they do is they model it. So they set the pace. That's why it's first apostles, secondarily prophets. They're always modeling. They're setting the pace. They build it into the foundations of every life and of every, um, you know, church. I, I struggle with these terms for some reason, but, you know, for every church, because we are the church. And now we go to church and we're building churches. And I just, you know, I'm, just, I'm trying to really 
rephrase that. I don't know how to rephrase that. But anyway, I'm just trying to rephrase that so we get out of this whole religious mentality of the superstructure stuff that we've got. Is that we do it with a structure that God, the order of God, the kingdom of God coming into the church. We need that. And so uh, anyway, but as they plant and, and there's, there's this fellowship, this community of the citizens of the kingdom of God, the, the sons of the Father gather together, you know, they, they build that into the spirit and the heart of that. Yet, you know what? Leaders will fight you. Pastors will fight you. It's like um, Miles Monroe said this. He said, it's easier to, to cast the devil out than to change the mind of leaders. That's what he said. And I thought, boy, he got it right, you know, because I'm telling you, they fight you. They do not what they want to maintain the culture that they've established. And it's wrong. It's dysfunctional. It's out of order. It's doing what everybody else has done. And it's got this, it's coming back. If you study church history, where it comes from, it's wrong. And so we need to change the model and we need to change our thinking. We need to get back to the foundational uh, uh, blueprint of what Jesus intended for us to do. And we can see it in Paul. We can see that's what he did. Look at the heart of Paul. He did not come in with, with this overbearing, you know, everybody's just got to do what I tell. He came in with a father's heart and fathers will instill mentoring as, as, a, as a principle, as a foundational principle that grows into the spirit of the house. He will bring it in. And release that the heart of mentoring. He will really and he will model that with mentoring. <laughs> so he will set the pace in it. That's why it's first apostles. Because if you don't have the heart of the father coming in, you've got just illegitimate authority. You 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 haven't got the, the real heart. You've the thing is illegitimate, it's out of order. So you've not got the heart of the Father coming into right from the foundation because it, we are sons of God, not sons of men. We are members of the body of Christ, not the members of a church, not the members of an institution or the members of an organization. There's too much of that stuff. We've, we've got to kill that by setting order, bringing the order of God and allowing the gift of the apostle to come in. But we fight it. You know why? Second, second thing that apart the apostolic leadership gift brings in is is he brings in conflict <laughs> now this is the difficult part and i want to share this with you because this is the thing where there it's where you pick up lots of hassles so um in um he brings order that's what he does so what happens is when it talks about in 1 corinthians chapter 3 it paul says you know, as a wise master builder. The word master builder is architecton. Architecton is the foundational person and like an architect, a master architect. And what they do is that, you know, when you build a building, you lay the foundation, you know, so you've got a plan. The builder takes the plan and he lays the foundation. I built a house in Cape Town. Well, not me personally, but I had a house built. Michelle and I, we built a house on a sand dune <laughs> close to the beach. And so the builder decides that he's not going to follow the plan. And so he does it, he lays the foundation, but he lays it different to the plan. He didn't do it right. According to specifications, the bank came in and shut the thing down. 
We had to wait like two months or three months. And in the end, I had to sign it over and say, I'm prepared to allow them to build, even though it's the wrong foundation, not according to specifications. Boom. So I ended up with, with, the, with the situation. But be it as it may, it was like that. But what is happening is builders are building laying foundations without following the, the right specifications. What is the foundation? Who is the foundation? He says, I lay no other foundation than this one that is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Remember, Peter said, um, you are, Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Peter says this, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. This, he caught the revelation and he said, on this I'm going to build my church. On what? On the fact that sonship is the foundation of, of reestablishing relationship with God. The whole world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, not the members of churches, not Christians. Sorry. <laughs> Christians is used once. The term is only used once in the whole Bible. Christian. <laughs> so, and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, and that was used in a derogatory term. We've, we've made, um, we've made it into like a doctrine. We've made it into a stereotypical uh, form that you've got to fit into. So, um, yes, Shay, absolutely. Holy disruptors of the status quo. And, um, yeah, absolutely. Glory to God. Yeah, you got it. Um, so, I just pop back and forth so I can see what comments are coming in. All right. So, so they bring conflict because now what happens is when they come into this foundation, so, so the foundation has got to be Jesus Christ, the son of God. So an apostle checks to see what the foundation is, if it is the blueprint, and then watches whether the building is actually aligned with the cornerstone being Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, Paul says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The word war is the word strateia mahi. And it means to serve in a military campaign. This is the Strong's Concordance. Figuratively, to execute the apostolate with its arduous duties and functions, to contend, listen to this, with carnal inclinations. They don't come fighting, you know, and doing spiritual warfare. Their warfare is to contend with carnal inclinations. When the house is, is moving away, from their intent. They bring apostles, deal with, contend with inclinations. It's interesting. Inclinations means uh, the way you, the, you know, something that, that influences you to go another way, to be inclined towards. And so they contend with those things that distract you from Christ from um, from the true purpose, from the redemptive purpose, from the from the focus, from the intent for what it's meant for. And so when that is being lost, so when when the 
when you don't have the generational succession in the house of family, when you don't have team building going on, when you don't have leadership being empowered and released, when you don't have an eldership that actually have the governments in the house, not deacons, not pastors, elders. Pastor is a gift, a gift that functions as an equipping. That's it. They're not over churches. They're not chairmen. They're not CEOs. They're a gift. Same as teachers, same as pastors, same as evangelists, prophets, and apostles. All the same. It's just their function. You understand? It's their function on where they fit into the, into the building and how they build. Apostles, foundational. They set the spirit in the house. They contend with things that are moving the house away from the original intent, away from the foundational blueprint. And so they reinstate that. They contend with that. The word, the word strateia mahi comes from the root word stratia. Stratia is stratos, an army, or to be in camp, camp likeness. That is an army that is like a host. You know, in the Bible, talks about the he was the lord of hosts or the lord of the armies of heaven and so we we the 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 campaign the military campaign of the apostolic to execute listen the ap, ap, apostolate with its arduous duties and functions which is to contend with carnal inclinations that's the strong concordance root word military root word is from an army to encamp to camp Okay. Whew. This is hard work. All right. And then that comes from another word, which is spread, to, to spread out before the Lord, to spread out before the Lord. Now, there's, there's another word, which is, um, let me see quickly. Let me just go here into my notes. And that is 2 Corinthians. We're still on 10, but the next verse is um, what? Boom. Uh, let me get here. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. 4. For the weapons of our warfare, let me, let me just go here into my e-sword notes for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds now he's talking about them as apostles as the apostolic gift coming in and and he said the weapons of our warfare because you remember he said that that um, we although we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh stratia mahi now he says the weapons of our warfare the word warfare there is strataya strataya means military service Listen to this. The apostolic career as one of hardship and danger. Warfare. <laughs> it's like, how many do you know doing that? They're pastoring. They love to gather people, make everybody feel happy, you know, preach, shout, scream, spit, you know, all those things. That's wonderful. But who does the real work? Who's doing the real work of warfare to the carnal intentions or inclinations within the house of God. 
And uh, you understand, is sometimes we immediately thinking house, we're thinking our church, our thing. But what about your life? You know, there was, a, there was a, a guy that got up a number of years ago and he was ministering man and signs and wonders and everything else. And as I was listening to, the, and everybody was calling me and saying, are you watching this? You need to get people around and watch this. It's signs and wonders. But you know, that always bothers me is when we're running after the signs. The signs should be running after us. And I became concerned because I looked at this man and I, something didn't register with me. The apostles all got up, the apostolic council got up and they all aligned with him. And because, because it was a move of God, you see, uh, you know, a move of God. And so uh, everybody was like, you've got to get on the boat because this is happening, you know. But something bothered me and people were getting upset with me because I said, no, there's something wrong here. What's the matter with you? Can't you see? And, you know, it's God and all the rest of that. I said, Something's wrong here. Well, it turned out the guy was doing, he was getting drunk every night after the meetings. Uh, he was imposing. His marriage was a mess, everything else. And so the fact of the matter is, is that I don't blame him. I blame the apostles, the, the so-called apostles that were, you know, standing on the platforms and declaring alignment. Why weren't they in his home? Why weren't they contending for the carnal inclination? They're not fighting with him, but working, modeling and, and mentoring him, discipling, as Shay said. It's discipleship. You know, really, discipleship is mentoring. And I, we can do that another time. But is that why weren't there people working with him? Why, weren't this, why wasn't somebody, instead of staying in a hotel, staying in his home, seeing how he is with his wife and kids, seeing his life, why wasn't somebody holding him accountable? Why wasn't somebody being a father? That was my question. And when the whole thing fell apart, then everybody was distancing themselves from him. And I wrote a letter, in fact, to them, and I said, you know what, this disgusts me. The way you will discard somebody simply because now that it looks like you've aligned with the wrong thing. It just disgusts me. It, it infuriates me. It, it just, as a father, just as a natural father, if I see a father doing that to their children, when the children don't do what they want and they reject them, it just really gets to me. And I say, why do we do it in the ministry? Why do we do it in the church? The church is the hardest place to, to, um, to succeed and fail. Why is that? Why is that? I'm telling you because we've got this hierarchical thing that's all dis out of, all dysfunctional and out of order. All of it. And so, you know, apostles will come in and execute the apostolate. Why is it odious and why is it a contention? Because the, the mindset, you know, he, he goes on to say, of course, he goes on to say that, um, for the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, but divinely powerful in the destruction of fortresses. The word fortresses there is speculations or reasonings, thoughts, meditations, devices, considerations. It's, it's what's deeply mindseted. It's like the paradigms, the, the way we think it's got to be. And we see through rose-colored glasses, we think we're always right. Even apostles can be that way, you know, and are that way. They, that's why they need the prophetic. That's why the foundations are built with apostles and prophets. Because apostles come in and they're doing this work and the prophet comes in and he can discern where this thing, the direction he can interpret the, 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 the will and purposes of God and communicate it clearly. 
so that there's this there's this um, two stream gifting flowing into the very foundation of building the building both the person and but you can't get them together you can't get a prophet and a, an apostle together there's always you know this who's going to be the greater it's just ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous you know sometimes we need to shut up and sit down and say actually i don't have anything to say i don't have anything to do but you know what i'm going to meet with you can i come and meet with you in your home it's and and not he yeah he yeah that saith the lord but just work into their life the spirit and the life and the word of god <laughs> you know so that's basically um <laughs> that's basically my my take on not my take this is scriptural i've i've studied I, you know there's so much more i'm trying to give you as much as i can here to to at least give you the spirit of the thing it's not there's no rule there's no there's no rules to this it's principles principles you've got to gra grasp the spirit of the principle so that you can hook all your belief system all your perception into the way it works apostles come and work with mindsets they bring overthrow that's what he goes he says we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of god and we are taking every thought and that is mindset the word there is mindset captive to the obedience of christ because you know in our paradigms in our mindsets in our thinking we we establish these sacred cows and we establish these ways and what happens is now the foundation is most of the time not laid properly and so now it's going skew if you if you're just a gifting coming in and establishing something and growing something then it's going to be skewed because if you're just an evangelist you know there's too many pastors that are actually evangelists they, they should be equipping the saints in having the heart of the lost <laughs> that's what they should be but what they're doing is they get fed up with everybody buy themselves a tent and a big sound system and off they go they're not involved in in resourcing and equipping the house and in developing the the building they're not building the building. They're not repairing and preparing the building. In my worst time, I could not find anybody in the world. In fact, one man on here, uh, on, on today, one man was prepared to pick up a phone and phone me and pray for me. And when he did, it was like something broke in my life. And I'm grateful forever to God for that man's obedience to just do that. He was the only one at that point in time that was prepared to even move to help me through a difficult time at that time i was unraveling i was you know and i'm going why you know i i don't think it was it was unintentional that i had to go through all of this because i experienced stuff and i began to research the word of god not out of hurt you understand i i had to overcome hurt and disappointment but that wasn't the thing is that it, it was like I knew I was going through this dark night, through a storm, and I had to do, I went to the Word of God and I had to look for what are the kingdom principles that we are supposed to be bringing to the house of God. 
I'm not saying I have all truth, but I'm saying we need to find the heartbeat of the Father in everything. And we don't have it in the we don't have it in the foundation. So if we don't have it in the foundation, it's not definitely not in the leadership. Leadership, you know, these giftings, these Dharma gifts, apostles, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, they are the ones that actually bring the culture of the kingdom into the house of God by by carrying the heart of the Father into it. And if, if it's not first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, etc., then that's where the whole thing falls down because we not, we've got the heart of empirical dictators. Not We don't have, we've got empire builders, insecure orphans standing in a place of supposed to be equipping the house for maturity and we don't have it. We, we're condemning the bride of Christ because they're not hearing from God, doing more works, and, and we're condemning them from the pulpit. We're preaching at them and saying, "You should be, every everywhere I go, I just hear how bad the people are in the church. And I'm going, you know what? When you look at my kids, you can't blame them. You blame me. I'm the dad. You blame the parents. We were the ones that put it into them. Now, when they go on to accountability and all the rest of it, that's fine. When they've grown up, if I haven't put the right stuff into them before the age of 10, forget it. You're going to struggle after that. Any parents know what I'm talking about? <laughs> that's what it is. But in the church, we think we can we can carry on this stuff without without um, without consequence, without consequence. We're not seeing the body of Christ mature into the full stature of Christ, not the stature of man. God knows I don't want anybody to be like Sean. <laughs> Please. We've got to direct them to the Father. We need to bring the heart of the Father into the foundation. We need the apostolic gift of leadership. But we don't need these fast and furious empire building guys that are out there to build their ministries we don't need it we need fathers we need fathers i'm going to say it again we need fathers who will defer to the father true fathers will always direct people to the heavenly father that's it and they will bring the spirit into it. They will bring not spiritual warfare going up on mountains and in planes, trying to pull down principalities and all that rubbish, charismatic stuff. We're not talking about that. They will bring warfare of overthrowing things that take us away from our single-hearted and single-minded devotion to Christ. Second um, Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. That's what they will do. They will recorrect everything, bring it back to sonship, bring it back to the heart of Christ, directing everybody back to the Father. And so they will mentor as a father, bring in the seals of the Father, and they will model it so that it gets established into the very foundations. They don't just teach it. They do it. They are it. They are it. Just like the prophet. It's not, it's not just because he's got the ability to prophesy. It's because he is something. He is like the communicator of the of the and, and discerner of the will and purposes of God. He can he, he is it. He brings it in. Not because he can hear hear, because he is it. The evangelist, the pastor, brings the heart of, of, of caring and of nurturing. And this begins to raise a whole family that is actually mature. We, we start seeing moms and dads coming and arising who can mature, not 
and, and you, you, you're not got equippers that, you know, the Doma gifts that now are threatened by moms and dads arising and who can nurture the family of God into maturity. Thank God for them. We need more. Why don't we see more moms and dads? Why do, you know why? Because we've got orphan ministers, orphan kids, children, immature, standing in pulpits, standing in places of, 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 of leadership who should be maturing the body of Christ. And what they do is, be, but because they threaten, they reject. They reject, they demolish, they, they will fight, they will spit, they will scream, they will manipulate anything to keep their position. This is out of order. Out of order. It's crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. So, that's what I wanted to share with you today is just not, not to, you know, to really, I'm challenging some mindsets here. I know I'm, I'm, I might be, you know, rearranging the furniture a little bit and, and please, you know, take what you can go and check out the scriptures for yourself. Listen to this again, go and study the word, go and look at the strongest concordance for yourself, make your own conclusions. I'm not saying I have all truth on this. But really what I'm trying to convey to you and what I believe I am is it's just the heartbeat, the spirit of the thing and, and the spirit of the gifting. Because, you know, this has been the most damaging, damaging area in so many areas of, of ministry. And, and I believe because it's not there, because it's not allowed to be there properly, I'm talking about the proper thing. You won't find apostles on, on super platforms. You won't find them there. They're not going to be there. You're going to find them obscure. You're going to find them in places that, you know, is like their dads. They're on the rocking chair. <laughs> they, they're involved in people's lives, and that's it. They're just involved in, in, in building up people. That's what they're going to be doing. And so um, <clears throat> I just really want to convey that heartbeat to you because if, if we get that heartbeat right into the foundation, if we get the right, the, the true, the authentic gift, of the apostolic leadership coming in, I'm telling you things are going to be in order. Things are going to begin to have the right heartbeat, the right spirit, and suddenly we're going to start seeing maturity come and a whole lot of other things. It's it's an arduous duty. Paul Paul calls it an arduous duty and function, and and it is. It's 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 a it is. It's it's a leadership that that doesn't come easy, and and it's costly, but necessary. And so I hope I've given you some input. Hey, Rod and Josh, great to have you with me too. Alex, so glad you joined. And Rhonda too, thank you for being with me. And for those that are hopping on later to watch, um, I, I, I pray that you'll really pray this through, really study it, meditate on it. And, um, and let's, you know, let's seek God on how we can get this thing in order and how we can get the things back to what the kingdom order of God it really is. God is a God of order, and, and it means dignity. It means that things are done in the right way. It, it's not just haphazard, but done the right way. So that's what I wanted to share with you. Thank you very much for being with me. Love and appreciate you. Until next time, God bless you super abundantly. Appreciate you.